Gentlemen, it is Sunday, and don't adjust your screens. We are going live with a special edition of Wrestling Chat with Friends on a Sunday. Bow, 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 bow. I'm joined, by always, by EJ the Collector. What is up, my man? How are you feeling? Hey, yo. I'm here. I am present. I am accounted for, and I am accountable. Good to see you this Sunday. Good to see everyone out there on WCWF Pod on Twitter. Wrestling Chat with Friends on YouTube and our Facebook group. Let's get right to the Collector's Choice this week. Since we're on a Sunday and we're a little off our normal schedule, I'm going to go off topic with my choice. Not a wrestling collectible today, but a movie replica. Today, I picked this about a year ago, and I would say I chose wisely because this is the Holy Grail cup from indiana jones and the last crusade i have no it's idea the, what that is it's the cup of a carpenter uh those who have watched the indiana jones franchise are familiar with this i have the actual one nice piece of movie memorabilia but we're here to talk wrestling cheats so let's get it on that is a very special collector's choice if i do say so myself i have no clue and hey guess what D don't watch the indiana jones movie so i'm not familiar no, okay. Well, this is this is the cup that saved Sean Connery's life in the third movie. So I thought it was Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford is Indiana Jones in the third okay. movie. Sean Connery played his father. Ah, oh, very nice. Very We're, nice. All I've taken from this segment is you need to watch yourself some Indiana Jones movies. Arya is really into it. I have not watched. Uh, I mean, as really into it is a strong word. She's watched them all. I have not. Most um, most American most Americans, both male and female, at some point in their life, if they've hit forty, have seen Indiana Jones. I'm frankly I surprised. Know, I don't know. I don't you know. I can your, say that one. You have your homework assignment for the week. Uh, someone said <laughs> already. Someone said yeah, Indiana Jones made history cooler. So Thousand percent. I think I'm, I'm going to attribute that to someone in the. Uh, <laughs> And the Jasmine Clay is what I'm going to go with. Most likely. Mark, in, in your whole life, I, yep. you're not aware of any of the artifacts that Indiana Jones sought after in any of the movies? No, I'll tell you the one thing I'm aware of is that he's running, right? And there's a giant ball that's Oh, chasing. yeah. Iconic. <laughs> that's the only thing I know about Indiana Jones. All right. Well, you got a lot to learn, pal. But let's talk wrestling today. Not let's movies. talk wrestling. We've gone off topic already. The Indiana and Jones podcast will be in a future episode. And we have a lot to talk about when it comes to AEW, a lot that's going on. We, we, the last show that we had, you guys, you and Megan really went through, I want to say, uh, an hour and a half plus of kind of all of the stuff that was happening backstage, all the suspensions, all of the CM Punk drama. It was a lot. It was a lot that was happening. I was actually not on that show. I haven't been able to weigh in quite a bit, but you said, uh, Elliot, you had a new or a take that you hadn't expressed yet on the entire Punk VP's AEW suspension. So let's get into that, and then I'll tell you what I think. Okay. Well, I just want to throw this out here because when Megan and I broke it down, I think we correctly, and Megan was leading the charge on this, was correctly assigning the majority, if not all, of the blame on this on Punk. And I think a lot oh, of that- Punk blame. And a lot of it is deserved. With a couple of more days of reflection, uh, I just want to sort of bring this into the ether and see if anyone out there has a take about it or how this resonates with you. And it's something, it's a little bit like this. What 
the wrestling world has seen so far out of all this, they've only seen Punk's side of it, really. And that's by Punk's own doing. Everyone saw that presser where he buried everybody. And everyone has heard their accounts of what happened backstage, which are kind of universally been put on Punk as a main aggressor. And I'm fine with that. And none of that looks good. One point that Megan made last week, when I brought up the idea of going through channels to make sure that, you know, in, in a company, you got to go through channels. You can't have bosses running roughshod. What she brought up was that the number two in the company, uh, her name's Mega. She's the legal officer. The reports have come out that she accompanied the, the Bucks to the dressing room. And the reports I read were that that was to serve as a um, more of a, a like professional appearance to hopefully avoid a conflict. What we haven't heard yet is did the Bucks come to her office or wherever she was and say, hey, Mega, we didn't like what Punk just said, and we're going to go confront him. Do you want to come with us to please? So this kind of gives an air of per professionalism and might avoid a conflict. All that's been that that hasn't been confirmed. She what was what Meltzer is saying, and Meltzer is a Bucks fan, but I think he's he at times can be fair and impartial enough. I don't read enough Meltzer to know he gets criticism and praise. What if Bega, who's a legal a lawyer, legal officer, what if she saw the Bucks storming for Punk's dressing room and Maybe the Bucks never invited her. Maybe she accompanied them. Maybe she was trying to stop them. Maybe she was trying to de de-escalate situation. Maybe she showed up and says, well, I don't like the look of what's about to happen. We know the Bucks didn't kick the door down. That's been confirmed, but it, it appears as though Punk started swinging pretty soon after they got in. But one of these defenses has been that the Bucks brought Mega with them. We don't. I haven't seen that confirmed confirmed. There's this third party investigating the situation. Mega is a highly respected executive. Should the investigation have taken this long with nothing else being reported, no final adjudication dished out yet, if Megan kind of said, hey, I was there. The Bucks invited me. As soon as they knocked and walked in, Punk attacked them. If Mega had given that testimony to somebody, I would have thought maybe either this third party wasn't necessary or what else are they investigating? I just wanted to bring that up because we know a lot about what happened and there's been these remarks about Mega being there too. But I think that's an important point. What if she literally was trying to de-escalate the Bucks and they just rushed past her, ignored her, opened the door, it started. Megan, Mega was a witness, but I just don't 100% buy yet because I haven't seen it confirmed in the same way you've seen other facts confirmed that the Bucks did their due diligence to make sure this was going to go off, uh, from their side at least, conflict-free. That's what I... We didn't talk, I mean, we didn't talk about that last week, but I wanted to bring that notion up because as, as the parent of attorneys, I've been sort of been taught and raised to look at all possibilities, you know, wait till all the facts come out, but I think that's an important piece of minutia that really could go a long way in, in helping figure out who is overall at fault here. 
I mean, here's the thing. I think we know some of what happened. I think we're never going to know exactly what happened and how it went down and exactly why. We're going to hear, you know, all sides of the story, and then there's probably the truth truth somewhere what we probably will never know. My thing that was really uh, important to me that I felt like was not mentioned enough in our previous episode was that this is a bigger problem on the fact that Tony Khan has lost institutional control of his entire operation. I don't even know who Mega is. You were just mentioning this, you know, the number two. I don't know who these people are. She's the chief legal officer, number two in charge of the company. But but it's very clear that Tony Khan has lost all measures of control over his talent, whether it's executive VPs, whether it's CM Punk, whether it's whoever it is, um, he he does not seem to have the control of the company in which he should have in order to be, you know, the authority figure that we need to run a company. He's right now, and he is to me, he is ultimately failing as a CEO, and I think it's gotten to this point because of his failures. In leadership. Now, why does that happen? I do think that this has a lot to do with how Vince ran WWE and Tony coming in, the executive VPs coming in, everybody saying, we don't want to be that. We want, we don't want to be, you know, one person be the dictator. We want to have talent, have, you know, a lot of control when it comes to creative. We want to have talent, have a lot of control when it comes to certain aspects in direct contrast to the Fed. They do not want to be that. The problem is, I think they gave everyone either one of two things. They gave everyone either too much freedom or the impression that they were going to have too much freedom. And so the people that had too much freedom too much leadway turns into the CM Punks of the world or the executive VPs of the world. The people that thought they were going to have that type of freedom and ultimately didn't have it turns into the Brian Cages of the world or people that are just, you know, really disgruntled and already want to leave, whether it's a, you know, a Ruby Soho or Thunder Rosa or like there's just, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> there was the reality versus the impression and all of it has to do with being not WWE. And so I think Khan, (coughs) great, great radio here. I think this falls on the feet of Tony Khan more than anyone else. And I think the issue that I was having last week was that I think a lot of people said it falls either on the Young Bucks or CM Punk. And the buck stops with Tony at the end of the day. So you're saying that that um, you know, it's there's a there's definitely three, if not more, people in that equation with Tony possibly needing to take more of the uh, the blame for letting this get to this point. And Which, even when and even yeah. when it got to the point of him making the announcement, 
about the uh, about the tournament, which we should get into. Um, he didn't do it in front of the live audience, right? He did it on a video where he ultimately got booed. I think I think the tables are turning on Tony Khan, honestly. They might be. They might be. I, and, it, uh, it is his number one priority to get control as soon as possible. And, I mean, some of that might depend on the results of this investigation to, to know who he can count on and not count on in the next going into the fall season. But uh, Tony does have is spoiled by, you know, has an abundance of riches right now. So he ought to be okay. But yeah, he's got to get, you know, talent. He's got to get a hierarchy of a little bit more business structure. It seems than a little bit more of like letting the, um, letting the guys sort of, decide the show for themselves right now and he's, he's got to be at the top of that he's got to be at the top of that pyramid he is at that, the top of the pyramid he's got to act like it does that or does that not sound i'm not i'm not i'm not trying i'm really not trying to like find outs for cm punk i'm a cm punk fan but you know his behavior demonstrated he probably shouldn't be with that company anymore he did things that you you know you can't really argue aren't fireable offenses but isn't that the crux? Or wasn't that part of like his argument about these guys think they're still in Reseda? He doesn't he have a problem with like seemingly these guys running this major company with million dollar gates, like they're just a small indie promotion, you know, letting their friends sort of run the. Sh isn't that what Punk was talking about? I don't. I, you know what? I can't say because I don't know what Punk's deal is. I think I think Punk gets to a place where it's almost like a person that's just insufferable. And he, and, he, and he can't be happy with, like, he can't just, like, leave well enough alone. So he could be in a place where he's at the top of the company, no matter what company it is, he's going to find fault. And I think that's just kind of the type of person he is. And I think that's the pattern he's displayed, whether it was in the WWE, whether it was going to the UFC, whether it was, you know, taking time off, whether it's coming back to AEW. It's all good for about a year. And then he starts to find, he starts to rub people the wrong way. He starts to justify that and find fault with whatever he does. But I just think that's kind of the arc of, of CM Punk's like career and life. I think that's just who he is. We, we see this a lot more in like professional sports. We see a guy like, a, for example, like a Terrell Owens. That's everywhere, that, that guy, yeah. where, everywhere he went, it's great for the first year. Might be okay for the second year. By the third year, they can't wait to get him out of the room. And I do I think that's a little bit for better or for worse, what's happening with CM Punk. And I think it'll continue to happen. I don't think he's even if he, I think if he was running his own promotion, it would start well for a year. Start well for a year and a half. Everybody'd be excited to see him and come back. But this is kind of the arc. Now, the way that this has kind of legendarily flamed out, I'm I am surprised. Like a lot of people will be like, oh, I'm not surprised. Look what he did at WWE and all that. I'm surprised that this flamed out the way that it flamed out in such spectacular fashion because Tony Khan gave him the ability to do whatever the hell he wanted. And it, and, and if you look at Punk's gripes, it has absolutely nothing to do with Punk. It has absolutely to do with everything else that's happening in the company and who he has to like, you know, who's listening to him and who's not listening to him and, and who he gets to, you know. He like you got had carte blanche and he still is finding fault because younger guys aren't listening to him or respecting him or respecting the you know that type of stuff is it's just gonna happen anyway. So yeah, he 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 
was clearly really put out by Hangman's comments. You know, that, a, a very small promo a few months ago that we as fans, you know, didn't remember as well. But that obviously put a really bad taste in his mouth. He felt disrespected, and you know, he went into business for himself. We are two weeks out from All Out, so I don't. We, we shouldn't dwell on this much longer. Nothing else is really going to be needed to be discussed about this unless a some other details come out or this investigation ends or suddenly we hear that the bucks are back punk is gone vice versa whatever you know we've seen kenny omega has made appearances this weekend in japan um the big thing today was there were photos of him where they caught um what appears to be a bite mark still in his arm not sure if you saw that but um he appeared to still have this you know, it's injury that everyone's um, talking about. So it is the story is never going to go away until there is some finality. But in the meantime, there's some still some great stuff happening in AEW, and that's probably what we should be focusing on. We should be focused on it. There is some great stuff happening in AEW, and let's start with the title picture. Um, we are going into Grand Slam this Wednesday night. Uh, I actually really look forward to the Grand Slam shows. Last year, I thought it was phenomenal. Um, and this year is looking to be just as awesome. The card on Grand Slam is amazing, but it is led by the end of the Grand Slam Tournament of Champions. The final has been set. Let's kind of go through it, see if you're any surprised in any way. But it was Danielson over Hangman Page, and it was Sammy Guevara over Darby Allen. That led into Danielson taking on Jericho. And John Moxley taking on Sammy. Moxley takes care of Sammy. J uh, Danielson, uh, last week's Dynamite, takes care of Jericho. So this sets up an all-Blackpool Combat Club final at Grand Slam in the Arthur Ashe Center. Brian Danielson versus John Moxley. What are your thoughts? Here are my thoughts. Um, the Danielson going over on Jericho uh, made a ton of sense to me. You know, Jericho had won their previous match. Um, Jericho has been a, been a champion a couple of times or at least once. So yeah, it was, it's the right move to put Daniels in the finals. And, you know, I wouldn't have a problem if he took the title, um, at the end of this tournament, I was surprised a little bit that Moxley ended up going over Sammy. Um, not that I think we worked ourselves up into Sammy, you and I, I think you and I, you and I talked about this Well, we, we worked ourselves up into Sammy Guevara could go over. But it made a lot of sense, at least. And that's what always happens when you're working yourself. You make say something makes sense. But for a couple of reasons. A, had the all-out fiasco not occurred, Moxie was supposed to be taking this, was like just to have a few weeks off, go on vacation. He is a, a, a great soldier for the company. So he came back um, early, cut a great promo the week after all-out, and was in this tournament. So it wouldn't have been surprising if there had been some crazy fluke finish someone interferes and mox gets you know gets rooked and ends up off for a couple of weeks that would have been fine sammy is one of aew's you know aew's pillars um not saying he's been the mvp for the last couple of years but he's a he's a great talent he has some serious heel heat um so i thought it may have been a good gesture even maybe on tony's part to sort of maybe even send a message to the locker room that like, hey, I'm still an AEW original guy. Sammy's been here since the beginning. We're going to put him over. I don't want you to think that 
all I'm caring about now are the the top W former WWE stars, which you know I don't have a problem with, but there could be people in the locker room who might feel that way. So having Sammy in the finals with a Danielson win, I think would have been a good move. No, no loss is going to hurt Mox at this point. So with Anna Jay and Tay able to interfere, I don't think it would have been crazy, but it didn't happen. I think the fans want to see Mox and Danielson. They will eat it. I want to see it too. That is going to be a great match. The, the storyline with an all Blackpool combat club is great. So, you know, it was the right outcome to have Mox and Danielson. I have no problem with it. I'm excited about it. I do think Danielson's going to go over. I think him holding tell be interesting. It would be just kind of, it would be a little poetic if Mox wins the title back. So the punk thing gets a little bit put almost away and act like it didn't happen. But I, I don't think long-term storyline you want to have that happen because then I think the title for Max is around the corner. So like is yeah, Mox the title shot for Max at least. Taylor Shotley. So is he going to take another L? Let Danielson hold the title. You know, however that plays out with Max, a new, a new contender for him. So I don't know. What are your thoughts about it? Well, let me go quick last. Did you have a prediction? I think Danielson's going to go over. Okay. Other thing I'll say is Sammy is number twenty-eight on the PWI five hundred that just mm-hmm. came out uh, last week. So Sammy's 28. He is sandwiched in between Will Ospreay at 27 and Zack Sabre Jr. at 29. Put it in context, Danielson's 7, Mox is 12, Sammy is 28. Do you have any issues with that? No, I don't. We, you know, th- that that 500 has a lot very of – Very subjective, yes. Very subjective. You know, so, a lot of issues. So if, you're, if you're considered in the top 30 in the world on, on a very – sort of kayfabe list you know that that's it's good enough for world title for me good enough for world. i mean he he may never be world champion but um he's been he's been one of their top stars since the beginning and he's got huge heat right now so i'm i remain um i remain entertained by sammy's character and work so you know i'm i'm not a sammy hater yet i am very entertained by sammy I enjoy Sammy so much, and I kind of worked myself into thinking he may go over as well. But now that he has it, I'm actually going to go the other way. I think Mox retains the title. I think he is then put front and center as the top guy in AEW, undisputed. He's done interim. He's beat Punk. He's, you know, he goes through the gauntlet. He gets the win. Would he be a three-time champion then? Yeah, I guess yep. so. And I think that sets up MJF Mox. Okay. And I and I like that feud much better because I don't even see how you do an MJF Danielson kind of feud, right? Like, I just don't see it. Okay. So I think the juxtaposition of having Mox, MJF waiting in the wings, that's where I want to be. So – Mox just, you know, and this is not for you to necessarily have an, an opinion on or an answer, but Mox's vacation just gets put in the back burner. Not that he needs one, deserves yeah. one, but just, hey, that's just what you got to do for yeah. the business right now. He stays a champion. Do you, is there also any storyline that comes out of that match between Moxley and Danielson and Blackpool Comedy Club 
said it again, Blackpool Combat Club, or do they remain, they shake hands, they hug, they're afterward, they're good. There's no friction after that. Yeah, no. I think okay. that my read of this is they have a, a stellar match in New York City. Mox goes over, moves on to MJF. Blackpool stays together, and they they continue to, to do their thing. Okay, I'm down with that. So Mox MJF is to be the feature, the feature feud coming out of all out. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think you can do something with Danielson, but either one of them, I just think that's that gives Mox a sense of redemption and kind of does sort of like the Mox the the Punk angle sort of is gone and you know likely with Punk from the company, but. Then Mox is going to turn around and take another L. Like I just said a minute ago, isn't going to hurt him, but and that's if he loses to MJF down the road. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I think we sit Moxley on top of the company and have him have him really go at it. It's what I think. You're not going to find too many fans that are going to have a problem with that, and that's going to probably that that would be the probably the best path for maintaining strong viewership and ratings so and that has to be factored in so you know i i, I don't see that being um a impossible scenario whatsoever it's probably the most likely scenario i'll go on the limb and just say danielson wins and him and mjf start something and they, they'll figure it out let's talk about the tag picture uh swerve in our glory retain the championship over the lucha brothers at dynamite last week they now go into Grand Slam with their rematch with the Acclaim. As you know, as we talked about, as everybody's talked about, everyone loves the Acclaim. I think AEW in particular was taken aback by the reaction they got at the pay-per-view in regards to uh, the Acclaim versus Swerve in Our Glory. Now it's the rematch. People kind of know what to expect. The acclaim is going to be super over. What happens at Grand Slam? Swerve in our glory versus the acclaim. I am personally ready for the acclaim to hold the belts and for Swerve in our glory to have to sort of blow up and have the two of them start a program. For better or for worse, that's just what I'm ready for. Yeah, I am too. I'm ready for them to, they're not a tag team. They are two singles individuals that they needed to to make credible in this new company. Put the belts on them, but they are not a squad. The Acclaim is a tag team. The Acclaim is AEW homegrown. They have put themselves over in the most unlikeliest of ways, basically with the Gun Club and, and Billy Gunn, and they've made something that I don't think even – AEW brass could have seen being as big as it is. Yep. And I, I'm I I hope they go over in New York. I'd be pumped to see it. And uh, I'm really really impressed with with both of them, and the way that they're able to uh, to like make something out of nothing. Right. Now, do you want to see Swerve and Lee start a program, or do you want to see them try to do a few? several weeks of staying as a tag team, but just having more and more tension or has that tension reached I think the point? I, I think it's actually, they should have done, they should have break up weeks. It, it carried on a bit too long for me, kind of like Julia, uh, Julia joining the house of black. Mm -hmm. Like it should have happened weeks ago. 
Yeah, when they had when they had that moment at the battle at was it a battle royal where Swerve ended up yeah, taking it started when Swerve eliminated Keith Lee. When Swerve eliminated yeah. Keith Lee. Yeah. It it should have gone, you know, one more week of tension and then a blow up. And like, it's been months in yeah. title defenses and all that. All that it doesn't make any sense. So I'm ready for it. I'm ready for the claim to hold the belts. I don't know if they need to be long term uh champions, but but at this at the spot that they're at right now, give it to them, let them hold it for a few weeks, let them defend it against some um some tag teams until maybe either a healthy tag team comes along, a tag team comes back from suspension, you know, who knows. Um uh but yeah, that'd be that'd be a good transition tag team for a while. All right, let's take a quick look at the women's picture. It's a four-way match. Tony Storm, Serena Deeb, Athena, Dr. Brett Baker. Interesting enough, not in this match is Jamie Hayter. What do you think about the women's picture right now? Is, th is this – I'm sort of forgetting now. Is this just a uh, – is this for a belt or is this just the four of them, a number one contender match? The, no, Tony Storm's a champ, man. Tony Storm's – okay, Tony Storm's in the match. She's a champ. Yeah. Um, I think Tony retains, but I think there'll be a Jamie Hader appearance where Jamie and Britt finally come to blows. Jamie breaks away. Britt does something, you know, f complains afterwards, slaps Jamie. I think that this match really is for the Jamie Hader Britt Baker uh, moment that you know can take can keep the two of them busy for a few weeks. Um, I think that's why Jamie's not in the match, but I see Tony going over. I don't think I don't think she ought to. They can't. That belt she can't just, be. She just got the belt. Can't be a merry-go-round because it gives it no credibility. Then so you know, and it's already got very little credibility right now, and it needs to have a lot of credibility. So I want to see Tony um, retain, but you got to you got to keep a store, some interesting stories going, and that's where I think Jamie comes in the Brit. I agree. I think Tony has to retain just because she just got the belt. Like it, and it's it's floundering. That belt is floundering, so they got they got to figure it out, right? So, hopefully, she can hold it and give it some credibility. I do think there's going to be a Brett Baker Jamie Hayter rivalry. Probably that's probably the best women's rivalry in AEW right now. It's just Agreed. because they don't they don't have much. They've done a, a disservice to that division. I do like Athena. I think Athena's great. Um, I, I don't, you know. She wasn't. She was. She was. She came in as a seemingly legitimate challenge to Jade, but Jade finished her off, and now yeah. Athena's kind of floundering. Also, yeah, it's it's which a, is too bad. Yeah, it's a tough. It's a tough state over there for the women's division. But I'm with you. Uh, let's quickly go to the All Atlantic Championship. Uh, Pack is back with Orange Cassidy. I did laugh out loud. When Orange Cassidy showed up to inter interrupt Pac's interview, and Pac instantly looked at him and just said, "No, like he's already done this, been through this, done this." But Orange Cassidy is back. What do you think about this one? Well, I think this is interesting. There are a there's a large pool of talent that'll be competing for this title. This is the title that I believe may become a bit of a merry-go-round. Of champions, I don't think this title ought to have. This ought to be passed around. So, and I say this also: if if you're going to have Pat go over Orange Cassidy, does 
what does Orange Cassidy then do if you don't? I like if you don't put him over and give him the title. I don't see a scenario where he can break out and become anything other than what he does going forward. And I think this, I think that kid has a long future in the business and this character is what's got him here, but I don't see this as sustainable unless you put a belt on him, even in the silliest of scenarios. It just doesn't, if, if you don't switch the belt here, then what's the point? I actually, and I, I think it's also a little wonky to have Pac holding two titles also. I never think that's a great idea, you know, when someone's like the tag champ and the U.S. champ or, you know, whatever. So I'm going to go and say I think they give the belt to OC. I think that belt's going to end up getting passed around more often than other belts. So I'm calling for an OC victory, if nothing else, just because what's the point of having that match? You know, OC gets fed to a lot of bigger guys and takes L's and it's okay. But he's not like a, he's not like Danhausen where you can do that. And it's right. totally fine. Totally. Right, fine. He's, not, he's not a clown. OC is a little plays a little too close to that line of being a clown that you have to legitimize him sometimes. I think this is tough. Cause I, I, once you mention the two belts and the trios t- titles and then him holding the other belt, I'm like, Maybe you're right. There's nothing in AEW's history that says that Pac goes down to OC. There's just nothing in the history. For whatever reason, he not he may not be an original pillar, but Pac has been there since the very beginning, and they don't like to see him lose. He really, whenever he's on television performing, doing his thing, he's usually winning titles. He's usually winning. Now, he's a phenomenal talent as well. I enjoy watching his matches. He's great. He has probably the best, one of the best finishers, if not the best acrobatic finisher in the game. But he doesn't go down unless something really, really amazing happens or it's to a really top-tier guy. And he's, he's basically AEW's Drew McIntyre, right? He's like, you can put him in the title picture, you can put him right below that, but you're not going to drop him down. At, to a level where OC has lived, right? So I, I'm going to go with you on this, but I'm also, I would not be surprised if Pat just goes over and they just figure figure out something else. And I think they're okay in many ways with OC being OC. And like, I think they're okay with him saying he doesn't need a belt. He's going to sell his t-shirts. He's going to have a bunch of kids wearing sh- sunglasses. You know what I mean? As long as he looks good, which he always does. Oh yeah. I'm not. I'm gonna go with you just because I don't like the two belt thing either. But I would not be surprised if it goes the other way. Here's the other thing that I sort of feel about about Pat too. While he is sort of basically an AEW original, he you know he's either had some injury periods or he's had some some leasing and some and some visa issues probably maybe during COVID or whatever where like. He spends he has spent a good chunk of time not on TV. That that title that they introduced also has not been very heavily featured yet in AEW. So the idea of like maybe putting it on a more recognizable figure for fans, even temporarily, might help give that belt a quick 
jumpstart that it unfortunately already needs just because it's been a bit of an afterthought and for a good part of Pac's career at AEW, you know, he's been somewhat with an afterthought. I mean, there are definitely, if you take the average AEW fan, you know, they're going to recognize all the wrestlers, but an average fan is going to recognize OC over Pac Absolutely. more times. So there, I mean, this may just be a business decision to put some route, some more relevancy, even though it shouldn't be needed. Like a lot of decisions that have been made lately, this might have been mishandled and need to sort of like get it back on track. I mean, but that I think that's what you get when you put the belt on pop. Like I, I remember we were talking about this a long time ago. I wanted the belt on Miro. I wanted the belt on whether it was Malachi or somebody else. Mm-hmm. I think this is what you get when you put the belt belt on him. And I, I wouldn't mind OC having, like you said, some legitimacy and almost like, hey, you you've been, you know, he fought. Omega was it a year ago, two years ago? He fought Omega in the like pay per view main event. So it's like, I think he deserves some some good fortune. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, let's go to the last match of the first night of Grand Slam, which is going to be Claudio defending the Ring of Honor Championship against Chris Jericho. At this point, I don't know what's happening, what they're doing with Jericho. I know they keep putting him in these big time matches. He did get one win over Danielson in the big time matches, but Jericho's doing really, really great work, but I just don't know what they're doing. I don't know what their plan is for Chris or this Ring of Honor championship. Uh, Yeah, like we're coming up middle of September. You know, the fall season's kind of just getting kicking in. There still has been no announcement about anything with ROH becoming its own sort of entity. Um, so we're going to keep seeing this for a while. Um I thought it was very interesting. Jericho had a promo the other day when he talked about all the belts he had held. He had never held the ROH title. Um, that makes me think like, wow, are they going to consider this change? So Blackpool, Com- Blackpool Combat Club isn't sort of like all holding gold. That might be a little weird having two world champions all coming out of the same faction. Like, um. I still think Claudia, like a little bit the same way with like Tony Storm, like Claudia kind of just got this. He's made one or two defenses. If you're getting he ready, to, if you're getting ready to start a sort of its own brand, um, you know, it doesn't sound like they're going to be having their own TV show anytime soon. But if you're trying to somewhat separate ROH from AEW, putting on putting this the title on Jericho, Jericho is not going to be the ROH leader i wouldn't think so um jericho is also somebody who can probably take an l and it doesn't hurt him that much so that's why i think claudia is going to go over but like it seems a bit it seems a bit like no plan is maybe well thought out and this this including so you know don't be surprised no i think claudia goes over i think you're right about the belt legitimacy and him just getting it and the, the big question for me is, like, what are they doing with Jericho at this point? It's like you give him a match with Mox, you give him a match with Danielson, you give him all these Eddie, Eddie big blood feud. And his responsibility in all these matches is to lose. That's what it is. And he's going to he's gonna lose to Claudio. And I think Jericho would say, you know, Jer- Jericho is the point of his career where, like, that's okay. And I think Jericho is fine with that. I'm sure fans get it. It's, you know, the ones who were – deep into it, but like 
you know, at some point you want to see, he is one of the best characters. He is one of the best talkers. He can do that. Do L's matter for someone at, at his stage? Not as much as others, but, no, clearly they um, clearly but, they but, you know, we got to start at least thinking like, is there someone that should be there instead of Jericho? You know, there are, yeah, there's, I, there's, I there's just, a lot of people, but. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with some business decision made about Chris Jericho to feature him because he has proven over and over again that he he can handle that spotlight. He can he can lose with grace and he can make Claudio look even better than Claudio normally looks. So, you know, was was Jericho the guy that Claudio swung on top of the cage several yeah, weeks back? So. Okay, yeah, so they're yeah. just they're just gonna keep it going. So, yeah, it's I don't just, know. It's like you know plug and play Jericho and you plug and play him in these big, like they're big spots. Let's, let's keep it. They're big spots. And it's whether it's a, uh, you know, Lionheart Jericho from the heart dungeon or what was it? The magic man. The other one, it's like, they got the pain I, maker. He's got so many different. Yeah, percentages I get that it, but he's just, he's just getting worked. Yeah. All right. Let's quickly go through. The rest of Grand Slam that'll be airing on Rampage tonight. Action Bronson Hook versus Jericho Appreciation Society. What do you think? This is a cute one. This is a novelty act. Action Bronson's training. He's cutting promos. I love it. Hook is being Hook. I love uh, Matt Menard. I love those guys. So, what do you think about this one? Uh, this is this is going to be a great match for the fans to watch. It's all going to be on you know seeing what kind of what can action do in the ring. Action's been working out. He looks great compared to the way he used to look. Um, being in New York, um, it's the right scenario to really feature yeah. hometown uh, queens. Yeah, it's going to be terrific. Um, it's going to be fun. So I think they're going to go over. Um, I think you know hooks hook is I think one of the more exciting younger wrestlers in AEW, but so, so are, so are Angelo and, and, and Menard too. Those guys are, are beginning to grow on me. Um, uh, they were, they were 2.0, right? Before they joined. They were 2.0, but then yeah. the Jericho Appreciation Society, they got their names mm -hmm. back. It's great. I like them. Um, this, this match is to, um, to celebrate Action Bronson and I hope he gets a chance to, you know, he's going to do like, Either a swanton bomb or a back a back. Yeah, he's gonna be awesome. Somersault. I think mean, he's gonna be awesome. I think it's gonna be great. Yeah, so that that'll be a fun match to watch and just to watch um hook in action. Uh, you know, celebrate afterwards with the fans with their. Fans. I'm with you, hundred percent with you. I do love uh Matt Menard and Angela Parker. I think they have a lot of acclaimability um, to win the crowd over because they're just hilarious. Um, next one is House of Black without Malachi Black versus. Sting and Darby Allen. So this is Brody King and Buddy Matthews. Uh, yeah, like I don't want to say I'm like I'm starting to like not care about House of Black because I think they're they should be in a much more dominant position than they are. But um, if if House of Black loses to Darby and Sting, you know, which you know you kind of want to see. You never like seeing Sting take an L. Darby's taken some L's lately. Um. I I think there could be some shenanigans afoot. Is it possible that somebody on that side turns heel and joins House of Black, or is that not is that strained credibility? Yeah, I think we're way too much into it. I think it's Two. just going to be another one-off match, which with a dead storyline that okay. Sting and Darby Sting and Darby probably go over. Um, I, I I wish they figure it out. I think Brody King is a star. 
Mm-hmm. I think Buddy Matthews is a star. I think Julia is great. I love House of Black. You're you're smarter. You're smarter than AEW correct uh, creative right now, Elliot. Because if you turn <laughs> seriously, if you turn our Darby and make him like the leader, like a Finn Balor, Judgment Day type thing, I think that actually works. I think it's smart. I don't think they'll do it because I think you're smarter than them. Do you think Sting Sting has had only a few heel runs in his life? One was in TNA. One was for a short period of time in WCW. They didn't work out, so I don't like the idea of Sting at this point trying to turn heel and become yes. some dark. It would have to be dark. It just doesn't work. And it's um, not. Gonna, and they're not going to. I don't think so. Yeah. So I'm. A, yeah. Get disappointed that the House of Black doesn't have you know, and some of it's circumstance. Some of it is the situation with Malachi, but like the few people that are in House of Black, Buddy and Brody and Julia, and there's lots of people in that organization that can slip in there. They don't need to, they don't need to sign another WWE talent to come fill in. What I did think was interesting is that the house of black came out after the Darby Matt Hardy match, mm-hmm. Matt Hardy, I could see possibly taking the reins of house of black. That I hope, I, not. I hope not. not. I hope not too, but I'm just I'd saying rather see, I'd rather see Miro. I think Miro could work too, um, and, but I think you know the reason. The reason you see those things on TV is because maybe it's it, it might be part of a storyline. So when it happens, you know, you'll point back to that moment. Um, it didn't seem. It looked like there was a, still a little bit of strain with Darby and Matt even afterwards. So like, it wouldn't shock me. I'm just tossing it out there because I noticed it. But yeah, I think um, Sting and Darby do go over and. Everyone's out. Everyone just looks for something to do after that. I hope they keep House of Black together. I, I think Brady King's a star. Hopefully, they can make it this way. Speaking of real blood feuds with real heat, possibly. If if it's not real heat, it's one of the best works I've seen in a long time. Sammy Guevara, Eddie Kingston. Eddie has repeatedly said on camera, off camera, in kayfabe, out of kayfabe, that he just does not like Sammy Guevara. And obviously, there was the rumors that. Sammy and Eddie, uh, Eddie took real exception to Sammy calling him fat and actually had a real scuffle outside of one of the AEW kind of locker room type things. Uh, but they're going at it on, you know, they're going at it at, um, at the author Ash Center in Queens coming up on Friday. So what, what do you think about this one? I'm super excited about this match. I love everything Eddie Kingston. Um, one thing about their, their confrontation a few months ago, um, unlike the, the, the post media scrum backstage, Eddie apparently like the following week when he came back from suspension, kind of like owned up to his mistake. Everyone gave him a lot of credit for sort of like taking responsibility for losing his cool so I would venture to say I'm guessing he and Sammy are okay, and this is not. There's not a lot of animosity yeah, going they're, into they're it. Working, they're working together. So right, right. Um, so I think this is will be a fantastic brawl. It's two, two very different styles of wrestling, um, and I think at the end where everyone's sort of hoping, and I think this will happen that Eddie will get uh, that Sammy will get his comeuppance, and Eddie will end up uh, beating him and, t- and taking and taking them out. Um, again, neither, neither result would shock me, but I'm going to see, I like to see Eddie kind of go murder grandpa on Sammy and uh, dish out some punishment to him. Uh, 
you know, I love everything about Eddie Kingston until he actually gets in the ring. Then I hate Eddie Kingston. <laughs> I love Sammy Guevara and I love him in the ring. And I uh, hope Sammy goes over because I don't want a loss to Eddie Kingston on Sammy's uh, resume at this point of his okay. life. He's just too he's too good to lose Eddie Kingston. And my point. You're not and, wrong. And and let's go on to a new face in AEW in many ways, but Diamante takes takes on the challenge of Jade Cargill. We don't have to spend too much time on this. I'm assuming you think Jade's going to go over. I think Jade's going to go over. The streak continues. Uh, yeah, uh, I think they're clearly just like not sure who to put her into a feud with. Um, Diamante is a excellent talent. Haven't seen a ton of her matches, but you know. Um, Unless you're going to build up like a Willow Nightingale to like make a run at her, which they're not going to do, even though they probably no. should. Um, you know, I, I don't see anyone down the line to challenge um, Jade, except maybe Julia Hart. You know, I think with, with, a, with, a, with a story. No, there's a House of Black storyline. She's improved in the ring. She just got endorsed by Cody Rhodes uh, this morning on Twitter. Um She's so, a part of, you know she's a part of the nightmare factory that's why yeah 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 for sure so um i think she she she's been improving she's only really featured on dark but um, yeah she fights I, on dark like every week now every week um so she's becoming a little <clears throat> a dark darling um it's not going to happen immediately but if simply from lack of having other talent that are sort of being featured regularly um she's got a stable you know she's sort of the de facto leader of that stable right now in a way so um, they, I think they could do something with that, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, Jay's going to go over in a romp. One thing that Diamante mentioned is she was going to bring the uh, OG from the 305 with her. I think that sets up the next Jade feud. That OG is Mercedes Martinez. And oh, so okay. they, she didn't say who it was in the promo, but everybody says the OG from the 305 is Mercedes, Mercedes Martinez. So she'll come back at AEW with Diamante for this match. And I do think that it sets up a Jade uh, Mercedes Martinez well, Mercedes situation. Is, Mercedes is a legit, is a legit, very contender. legit, and a powerhouse, and someone that can actually take on uh, Jade Cardo, Jade, Jade with strength as well, a lot of experience. So I think that'll be a good feud. I, I don't see Jade losing either one of those, but so will Mercedes just be the forty and a victim or the thirty nine and a victim, or yeah, yeah. I think I think she gets through Diamante. It probably sets up something with Mercedes. Mercedes still doesn't. They, they all still go down. Uh, they, there's not the person. I haven't figured out the person yet that takes out Jade and, and takes her title from her. It's got to be, and it's got to be at a at a huge, huge event, right? Mm -hmm. All right, we are slowly working our way through. Let's see, Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Starks, another blood feud type situation. I'm gonna hopefully say that. We put it into this, and Starks goes over, and we move on. However, they did this already at the pay-per-view, and Hobbs went over pretty easily. I, I actually didn't think that match made any sense. They're doing it again, very much like the Acclaim and Swerve in Our Glory. I think the opposite happens, just like in the tag match. I think Starks figures out a way to go over. Yeah, that's sort of – you know that, that follows the sort of wrestling script, so it obviously um, – is it that's that has to happen because if you have you know it might be a might be a longer match a better match but if Hobbs goes goes over again then you're sort of really you're overplaying this Ricky Starks is an underdog and he's going to rise up this this week's the the week to rise up 
This is the it's, yeah, this it's, is the rise up. But like, it's not great for Powerhouse to take a loss right now. He's being built up, so like, doesn't really He's being built up for he, Ricky Starks though. So he, I mean, this is why they're building him up so he uh, can, so Ricky Starks can go over. So is Ricky going to get the further push than Powerhouse in the next six months in AEW? Absolutely. Ricky okay. Starks, I think, goes in the title pictures and all that. I would love to see that. Uh, you know, I'm just – I don't have as much faith as I did a year ago that things are going to be – where I'll, I'll, I'll raise a point that, I raised, that I've raised throughout my entire career on this show. Who is back there with Tony helping him write creative? You know, and, and is, is this, is this going to – is it making sense? And like – or – is Tony just by himself at his desk, Vince style, saying, here's what's going to happen. I know what to do because it's my company. So when you have Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky, who like both should be in the title picture, you're going to knock one down a peg or two. But, you know, it happens. And Hobbs goes down. Starks goes up. That's I like that. Saying. That's what I want to Spe- <clears throat> Speaking of matches that may not make very much sense, but definitely to build someone up. They're going to build up Jungle Boy because he's taken on a si- Ray Phoenix in a singles match, which undoubtedly will be an awesome match and a fan favorite. However, I don't really see any point to this particular booking outside of Ray Phoenix is awesome and put him on TV as much as possible. However, I think Jungle Boy has to go over. He's at a storyline. They're building it up. Ray is actually not outside of like the trios title type thing. Uh, so Jungle Boy goes over Ray Phoenix. I don't want Jungle Boy to go over Ray Phoenix. I want Ray Phoenix to win. But yeah, I love Ray Phoenix. He's, my favorite, he's probably my favorite wrestler in AEW. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I hope they really just entertain the fans. Um, a, a win or a loss, those two are. I mean, Phoenix is is a trio's champion. He will remain champion, and with that group, Lucha by I mean, Jungle Boy by way of losing Christian to injury is sort of without an immediate feud right now. But I think they need to give him a win to um, sort of keep his momentum going post. Uh, Post Christian, so yeah, um, does this match doesn't make a lot of sense to me? Except doesn't make a lot of sense, balance. and it's, it's really frustrating because they served up Jay Lethal on Dynamite to Jungle Boy, which I thought would have been an amazing feat. If you if you're taking Christian out of the picture, uh, Sanjay Duck is hilarious. You know, you've got the whole stable over there with Ring of Honor. Uh, I would have loved to see a Jungle Boy Jay Lethal like a real feud, not like a one off match. They they delivered a heck of a match. It was actually a really good match. But I, I would have loved to have seen that become something, you know, because mm-hmm. um, Christian's not going to be back anytime soon. And so you just got to figure out what you're going to do there. Right. Um, all right. There's. Let me ask you, why, why isn't Jungle Boy facing Luchasaurus this week? I don't know. No clue. Doesn't that make the most sense? I mean, it does. You're exactly right. There is a. Wardlow, Samoa Joe, Tony Nese, jo- uh, Tony Nese, Josh Woods tag match. Woods um, is the goods. Our boy Josh. What up, Josh Woods? He's doing great. He is doing great, showing some amazing power as well. Um, doing just he had a great match. Had a, had a great match the uh, the other day on, on TV. Really solidifying himself on AEW. So we're really proud of Josh Woods. Um, this one here. What what are we setting up? Are we setting it? I think you said. Did you allude to we're setting up a Wardlow, Samoa Joe? Feud? What are we doing? Well, I just the the visual of them face to face. You know, they shook hands at the end of Rampage Friday night, but you know, Joe came out to or Woodlow came out to save Joe. Um, but then they had sort of a stare down moment when they were both holding their titles. Just the visual of that, I'm sure, made people salivate for let's see those two uh, go at it. Um, 
some of it will depend on what ROH, AW, where those paths go. But just the idea of Joe and Wardlow um, going at it for either of those titles, you know, would be exciting. Um, but I'm not sure if it actually you know, happens this week or if it's just, um, you know, we might we might just get, I mean, long-term storytelling, putting these two together at first is how you eventually build to a feud. So I expect them to, to win. Um, and, you know, they'll probably, they might dance around and towards each other for the next handful of weeks going forward. Last thing, and we'll, we'll talk about this as it kind of applies to going forward. There is what's called a golden ticket battle royale. This ticket is to determine the number one contender for the AEW championship. I don't fully understand this since uh, MJF has the casino battle royale chip. So he has like, you know, it's quite, uh, essentially a money in the bank situation. Then mm -hmm. there's a battle royale with people, I guess, I'm assuming people that are not on the card that will be the number one contender. So any, any thoughts on this? They have misused this guy like the whole time he's been there. Um, and he is worthy of being in a main event feud and main event title picture. Give it to Andrade. Let's see this guy. Is, I do mean, something. I don't know who's going to be in the battle. I think I, I think, Miro, I, think Andrade, um, I don't know who's going to be in. Well, Andrade uh, was, yeah, Andrade was point with cut a promo on interrupted somebody on Friday night. I guess it maybe was best friend. Oh, it was, it was Dark Order. And he was talking about, you know, I'll see you in the casino battle royale, pointing at hmm. whoever was in there. Um, if, He's if he's featured in it, give it to him. Put Andrade of all those guys I can think of, you know. I, I guess is Hangman going to be in this thing too? I don't even know. Yes, they have not. They have not booked. They have not booked it very well. Um, and a lot of it sort of doesn't make sense because isn't MJF the number one contender? Or That's I guess what we're talking about. I guess he doesn't have to. I guess he doesn't have to be. But I mean, the Money in the Bank winner is not necessarily the number one contender. So like, nope. I guess I can kind of you know Max can come in whenever he wants like and i wonder if it'll end up being similar to that where like a champ will get pinned or retained and be compromised and that's when you know that really makes sense only if you're going to do it if if you don't plan on having mox or danielson hold the title very long like do they you know that's where i'd want to see the immediate cash in if not you got to build to something but be that as it may that's aside uh if andrade's in this match give it to andrade because i think he needs to be in a more high-profile um, feud to match his ability. I like where you're going with that. I, I think there's a number of people that should be the quote-unquote number one contender, whether it's Andrade, whether it's Miro, whether it's Hangman. Like, they, they can all – Adam Cole, like, if he's back, they can all figure this stuff out. Um, I just don't know. And I think it's a bit much. You're right. I think – because all roads point to MJF taking on somebody – for the championship, whether it's Danielson or Moggs. I don't know where this number one contender fits in, when it fits in, how this works. Um, there was a lot that goes into what's happening moving forward, a lot of moving parts. One of those moving parts that had an extremely long promo, extremely long, on Dynamite was the introduction of Stokely Hathaway. And is it The Firm? The Firm. And it's very strange because it's not – Stokely now has says he's not a manager. He's not a publicist. He's just a friend. And the firm is like this loosely hired guns of MJF, but also 
They have their own ambitions. Stokely went through each and every one of their ambitions um, on the promo. I thought it was very long, but it is a ragtag group of like collection of workers. So it's, you know, Morrissey, it's, it's uh, Lee Moriarty, it's Ethan Page, it's the, the gun club, you know? Uh, so what would you think of how they're, how they're doing this? I, that promo, <laughs> I was like all for it. I love the idea of it. I love seeing, I love when Stokely started talking. I'm a big fan of Ethan Page. So I think anything that features him is good. And then halfway through this like really long promo. It was really long. And when he, when he is, he's like hugging Morrissey. I, I was like, this is, um, and then, I, then, I, then I remember myself, wait a minute. Is it, where, where's MJF during all this? Did he introduce them? Are they, are they working with each other? Like the explanation was sort of weird. I thought they kind of dropped the ball at the end of this. And I think it's not, I can't see it work. If they, if they were MJF, MJF's hit squad, love it. that, that would work. And yes. like it seemed like they were gonna be, but now they're sort of not. Like yeah, they're they're independent, I, sort of like come yeah. together when needed for MJF. Do, I don't it's, know. Do they come together for each other? I don't uh, know. Is Stokely in charge? Is anyone in charge? We don't know. Is Stokely when, gonna be in the ring like with Ethan Page? Like we don't know. And when people like when people like us who like are pretty sensible and can sort of like somewhat understand and know what a relatively you know normal storyline is gonna be. When we're left sitting there going, what are they doing? You know, it's just like there's there's some misses there. Like, and I can't even put my finger on what the big miss is, except that that promo went on way too long, which is kind of weird to say because we love Stokely Hathaway. I'd let love, that guy let that. I let that I guy. Just messed, yeah, they messed it up. Yeah. I, so, I, I, and I would love to just him take onus and say, "I'm running this squad." Like you know, me and my best friend uh, MJF. Whenever he calls, he you know will be there. But I'm running this squad and my goal is to make Lee Moriarty the pure champion and ask boys tag team champions and Ethan page, uh, all Atlantic champion. Like if he said, this is what I will do. That's great. Cause that puts Stokely in a position where, you know, when MJF calls, they have a hit squad, but then he runs this other squad, right? They didn't do that. It was like, we're together. We're not together. It was like, when you see us together, we're together when we're not, we're not. And I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, the 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 leash for me is short to keep my attention. So like they gotta have it. They gotta have an impact. I mean, th this is what I thought when I saw the hooded sweatshirt guys come out at all out. Okay. So when they have this championship match, and Mo I expect Mox and Danielson, I wanted to see guys in sweatshirts beating them both up and have Mox come in and win the title. Like if they're not going to be that kind of squad for Max then I don't know what's going on. But I liked it when it started. By the end, they lost me, and it's never a good thing. So uh, they, they need to already rethink and recalibrate what they're doing with the firm. Let's switch gears. Let's switch gears as we uh, move on. Let's do another segment, if you will, and let's just quickly talk about what came out this last week, the PWI 500. We know that this is a fictional list. It's it's actually a staple in the industry, but it is a list that ranks what PWI ranks, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, ranks as the top 500 wrestlers in the industry in order based off of who had, like, the best year, who's, like, at the top right now. And so for the industry, PWI has been around for ages. It is 
you know, if you will, the Ring Magazine of Boxing, the Source Magazine of Hip Hop. It is very much the gold standard. Most people know that it is very subjective. Wrestling in general is very subjective. Uh, 500 is an awful lot, and trying to fit that in is insane. But let's go through the top 10, and let's go through the top 10, and we'll see if you have anything that stands out. Uh, number one at the before top. You, before oh, you yeah. do, before you do, yes. read read the what what qualifies the qualifi qualifiers and read the date time frame before we get into it. Yeah, I don't have that. What's oh, you don't have that. Okay. Um. So it ran from like basically June to June. So it didn't factor in what happened over the summer. So whoever was holding titles of now for WWE it was still you know the same person. Um. And it's a mix of like win-loss record, um, important, um, f noteworthy feuds. Oh, you know, okay, yeah, no, I have it. I, I do have it. I do. Have it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, evaluation evaluation period is July first, twenty one, to June thirtieth, twenty twenty two. Activity requirements: minimum of ten matches, or uh, six matches in a separate month. Ten matches total, or six matches in a separate month. The criteria is in-ring achievement, influence, technical ability, competition. Yeah, quality of I mean. competition is one too. Okay. All right. So with that, what do you with got? that, we'll go through this quickly. Uh, number one, top of the table, tribal chief. Everybody knows Roman Reigns. Yep. He is the one. Roman Reigns is number one. Uh, number two is Okada, New Japan, New Japan Wrestling, J Japanese superstar Okada. Number three, CM Punk. Number four, Adam Page. Number five, Bobby Lashley. Number six, Cody Rose. Number seven, Brian Danielson. Number eight, El Hilo, <coughs> El Hilo Del. Number nine, Big E. And number 10, Jonathan Gresham. Wow. Lot to say about the top 10. We will yeah. not get into all of this now because our show has already been over an hour. But what do you think of the top 10? Who's in? Who's out? Notable names that are out. But again, you mentioned the criteria and the time dates. That has a lot to do with some of this. What do you just think at the top of mind? Top of mind, which was the same as I think most people. What the hell? Where's John Moxley? All right. You know, so like I was want to mention earlier, it's, it runs June to June. So Mox's run with the title with the interim AEW championship doesn't factor into this. It factors into next year, but not to this past year. Even so, he had a yes, he certainly did. I would have had Moxley in the top 10 somewhere, um, but I am not raging like I might have been in the very first moments I saw that list once I really was able to digest the the qualifiers for it. Um Everyone on that list, uh, El Ijo, Dell, I think it's Phantasma, I think is, the, is that guy. I don't know much about his year. And outside of seeing Okada at Forbidden Door and when we saw him um, in D.C. at, um, what was that event called? Capital Collision. Capital Collision, thank you very much. So aside from seeing those two, um, I don't know much about, you know, I don't have in-depth knowledge of what he did during the year. Everyone else, however, from your biggies, who I guess was he holding? The, he must have been holding the world title for some point uh, last year. Um, you know, Gresham was ROH World Champion for the bulk of the year. 
Um, CM Punk, you know, it's kind of really just bad timing that this comes out when he's being vilified by the entire uh, you know, wrestling world. But for what he did, basically for he came in two months into the uh, into the ranking seat ranking year and headline pay-per-views and was winning matches. So like you can't argue had a year. Hangman page, sort of same thing, carried the banner for AEW for a while during that time period. Um, most of the right names appear to be on it. You know, someone who's, you know, what you got to just sort of appreciate that we were talking about this before the show started was, you know, you see somebody who's in the eighties. Don't tell me that X number of person is better than that person. Well, better was not the qualifier for this ranking. And that's just sort of where we are. So right. like, you know, for that, for those reasons, there weren't any names that like any objective wrestling fan who's been watching the probably would say he doesn't belong there. There are lots of names where you say he does, he should belong here, should belong here. But if you're really going to follow this criteria, then you got to sort of like appreciate some subtleties that might be the explanations. But overall, like I, I like seeing some of the names up there, you know, a lot of names who have not been in there in years, a lot of names who are returning after many years, um, but it is weird that you don't see like a Moxley, a Danielson, a Jericho when like they've been sort of the main faces on your TV in the last year. I mean, Danielson's seven. So, oh, Danielson's is top 10. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, so seeing some guys, I mean, I think what rubbed people the wrong way was not seeing Moxley and seeing Punk so high. But if you read the qualifiers, like you get why. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm actually surprised that there's not as much WWE. WWE representation in the top 10. So if you look at the top 10 and you break it down, you've got basically AEW on par with WWE. And then you have the the two Japan guys in there and then Jonathan Gresham, which Mm -hmm. if you want to say he was at this point kind of the top of the indies, I don't know. I think think Gresham's high. Uh, Because if you're looking at somebody like at 13 is where Matt Cardova is. If you're looking at who was at the top of the Indies for that time period, you could make the argument that Matt Cardona, uh, Matt Cardona, and Josh, you know, Jonathan Gresham were sure. right up there. Um, but really surprised when you look at the breakdown, right? Which is Roman Reigns at number one, Bobby Lashley's then the next WWE guy at number five, and then you go down to number nine with Big E. So that's only three in the top ten. Mm-hmm. AW has Punk at three, Adam Hangman Page at four. And during this time period, you still got to go Cody Rose, probably more AEW than WWE, right? Brian Danielson. Uh, yeah. And then you have Brian Danielson in the top, top 10. Well, so, well, I mean, we have, I mean, most of the wrestling world up until sort of recently has been highly critical of the product that WWE has put on television in the last couple of years. Conversely, up until a few weeks ago, right, there's right, been sort right, of right, right. Universal, universal praise for what AEW is doing. And while WWE was never really acknowledging them enough as competition, yeah, they were. And if they weren't, they should have been. AEW in that period probably you know, had a fantastic year in all aspects. And was for a lot of fans, it was a, vi- it was a viable, if not preferred, product to the poor... Um, effort that we all thought WWE was, you know, putting out there week to week. So that really doesn't surprise me. And boy, have times sort of changed in just the last really cool. six Yeah, weeks. it's just a vital time for the list to come out, right? Yeah, so we ought to get more into it when um, when our, our favorite heel and heels is here. I know we'll go deeper into some of our friends, friends we've um, 
we've had on the show, friends we've interviewed, um, to, and then some other uh, of our favorite uh, folks. Um, we can break it down with Megan another time. That'll be that'll be a good idea. We should do like a special episode and bring a bunch of people back and, and kind of go over the list because that'll be a really good idea for the future. You know who would be great for that episode is Darius Lockhart. Darius, please come in. <laughs> Darius Lockhart would be great for every episode. Darius Lockhart, we want you on the show. Uh, Elliot, this has been phenomenal as well. We are at our time, and we uh, I thought we did a really good preview as we lead into Grand Slam, which will be this Wednesday and Friday. So Grand Slam, I think it's recorded in one night, but it will be split out over uh, Wednesday and Friday at the Author Ash Center in Queens. Huge, huge, huge arena, and it should be a lot of fun, my man. Yeah, man. And just a reminder that I will be on Tuesday night to talk about all things WWE. Should have my boy Ali with me. We'll be looking forward to our second episode of WCWF, the Tuesday show. We'll talk about the Fed. Um, but uh, let's, I'm glad we got together, Mark, on a Sunday. And um, It is. And I didn't know I was playing. As, as I started the show, I, I felt pretty good. And I've been, I feel like I'm playing hurt because now I'm like, like my nose is running. I'm coughing. Like, I'm, I'm sorry for the audience. That's got to witness some of this stuff, but uh, hopefully uh, I'll be back on the mid. But I, I started, and then it just kind of all started at once. All went downhill. Well, you, uh, you, you're gonna turn the corner, and um, you might, you might make an appearance Tuesday. If not, we'll, um, we'll definitely catch up Thursday for Thursday's wrestling yep. chat with friends. Uh, our friend uh, Heels will be there, and um, enjoy, enjoy Raw tomorrow night. And um, I'll see you guys on Tuesday. All right, thanks, guys. We got to count it out as always. One. Two, three.